It's the morning matchless. It's the morning matchless. Welcome back onto the program. Now we're going to be talking to you in greater detail about something that is very, very underrated. It is the proper good night's sleep. How important is it for us uh, to re-energize, especially with the long weekend or the long week off uh, for many uh, during the Eid al-Adha period? So we're very kindly uh, joined by the founder and CEO of Nurture to Sleep. Julie Mallon, thank you very much for joining us this morning. Thank you for having me. It's great to have you on board with us. Now, of course, the Eid holidays are here and a lot of people will have some time off. How important is it for us to use this period to sleep and re-energize as opposed to booking a holiday, going back and forth with travels, a tight schedule and really wearing ourselves out? I mean, to answer your question, we have to be realistic. We all want to travel, and particularly here in the region, we really do travel frequently. Mm. So I think what it will be more helpful to people is to know what they can do in order to improve their sleep whilst they are traveling. Now, ideally, if they could have built up you know, a sleep bank before they left or before they are leaving, that's ideal so that they are well rested. That's also an important aspect of the whole sleep question. But you were saying before at the very beginning how we underestimate sleep. I think we all need to recognize there's only one thing more important than sleep, and that's breathing. Mm. Mm. It's, that is the only thing. You know, we talk about the three pillars of health, whether it's nutrition, exercise, and sleep. These are known to be our three pillars. But actually, if we don't get good sleep, then we don't exercise efficiently. And if we don't get good sleep then we don't absorb the nutrients within our food so that's why sleep is so critical and important to every aspect of our being how much is good sleep how many hours um it's very individual to you as a person in that so we often hear about the eight hour sleeper Mm -hmm. that's not true it can't be because we know that we sleep in sleep cycles throughout the night So an adult sleep cycle is 90 minutes, so it can't be eight hours. And if you are waking up in eight hours, then you're waking up halfway through a sleep cycle, which means that you wake up quite groggy. And so it's really looking about, are you a seven hour sleeper or are you a nine hour sleeper? Mm -hmm. So like, for example, um, I have three adult daughters and as children, they one was a seven hour sleeper like myself. And the other two were nine-hour sleepers like their father. Mm. So genetics does play a role. And as adults, they are the exact same today. Mm-hmm. Well, what I also heard um, from certain articles and, and, and doctors as well, they said that there is also a perfect timing for sleeping uh, because that is the perfect time for the body to be sleeping. And that is uh, if you, for example, sleep from 10 p.m. until 6 a.m., that is the perfect time to, to sleep and wake up. And you will also um, you will also keep yourself from being sick if you sleep during those hours. Because it has to do with also, um, I think, uh, the, 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 the body organs and, 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 um, and other things like your nerves and everything. So there's so much in that, yeah, um, yeah. what you have just said. Yeah. And you've got to find your perfect time for you because it's also governed by our chronotype. Mm -hmm. 
And again, there is so much science now and around our chronotype that was never evident before. You know, sleep as a science is actually a very new science and it's only with the all the imagery and the technology that we are able to see now about what happens when we are sleeping. For example, there is a part of the brain that is 30% more active when we are sleeping than when we are awake. So sleep is not something that we go to sleep and that's it. Mm. Our body is working so hard to restore and repair. So going back to the perfect timing, if my, so my chronotype is that I am very much an owl. So my melatonin, that really important sleep hormone, melatonin for me comes in later than it would be for my husband and my eldest daughter who are both larks. Mm. And my youngest daughter is also a lark. So her, their melatonin comes in earlier, which means their melatonin comes, leaves the body earlier in the morning as well. So they're early morning risers. Now, if I, as my chronotype, which is an owl, so my melatonin comes in later, mm -hmm. which means it leaves later in the morning. If I do things which don't suit my chronotype, like exercise, not that I ever... Go do it. <laughs> uh, if I was on the very rare occasion that I was, if I do it early in the morning, that doesn't serve me. True. Whereas if I do that later in the afternoon and early evening, actually my body is really um, attuned and I get the most efficient uh, performance from that exercise, which is all down to my chronotype. Now, going about your immune system, we know that. The immune system is built overnight, not during the day. Mm -hmm. So there's certain proteins called cytokines. Mm -hmm. Now, these are the building blocks for our immune system. And while we're sleeping, that's what's being built. And if we don't, if we don't get enough sleep, then these immune system, the, our immune system is really being compromised. Mm -hmm. And I'll say one more thing about our illness and wellness and not to scare it truly isn't to scare, but it's to give people the knowledge that is really going to help in terms of their longevity. Mm -hmm. So we know now from the science that if you have one night where you have four hours sleep or less, your anti-cancerous cells drop by 70% mm -hmm. on that one night. Mm -hmm. Now, I, wow. I can't, yeah, now I can't leave you with that stat, with that research, because it's really quite scary. But it just is to let anyone know if they've had four hours sleep last night or the night before, really make the biggest effort to have a much better quality sleep tonight. And you'll bring those anti-cancerous cells back up. The body is an incredible machine if we respect it. Mm. And so, so compensating for a lack of sleep. If I have a bad sleep last night, I can compensate that by getting potentially more hours tonight. Yes, but again, it's not so much about the more hours, it's the quality of your okay. sleep. So everyone talks about the impact of our screens mm. and, you know, it is very hard. We're living in a digital world and not to have the screen, are we being truthful to ourselves? But we do, if we want to value our sleep because basically shorter sleep means a shorter life. Mm -hmm. That's what we're looking at mm -hmm. in, in wow. the science is telling yeah. us. And so it's about looking at your routine. You know, I had somebody recently who um, sleep was really terrible. Um, their world is in, you know, all within the digital world. So we had to give manageable, manageable hacks. And that was to set your alarm 30 minutes before bedtime. 
so that you come off all devices just 30 minutes before. We can all manage 30 minutes. Mm -hmm. So that's one of the things that we implemented. And then gradually when it's almost like a weaning off, um, then we can improve it, increase it to 45 minutes mm -hmm. and ideally one hour. The ideal is one hour, certainly for adults. For children, it's clearly a lot more. That's pretty interesting. Mm -hmm. um, now, well, you were mentioning about this, uh, identifying a chronotype. Um, how does one relate to, to and uh, how, how does one find out what their chronotype is and w what works for them? So one of the things will be, like, for example, for me this morning, I set my alarm for 6.30. I was awake before my alarm went off. Okay. Now, that would suggest that my chronotype is that of a lark mm -hmm. so it can be but it's all about how rested you feel in the morning so i knew that i'd had enough sleep for me last night because i was able to wake up this morning without the alarm and feeling refreshed okay now the other thing is if in the evening you are an owl and Everyone is saying that the ideal time to go to bed, because it is related to our circadian rhythm, it is related to the, the timings of when that melatonin, that really important sleep hormone, is released into our body. And it varies, again, depending on our chronotype. But also, it's about recognizing sleep is not a straight line. Sleep is really dynamic. And it, you know, that melatonin will come in depending what precedes the melatonin coming in, which is somewhere between for adults somewhere between 9.30 and nine uh, and 10.30 at night. Okay. But as I know, I'm very much that owl. My melatonin comes in certainly around 11, and then I'm ready to sleep at 12, and then seven hours. But it's all about the quality. Mm -hmm. If my quality of sleep is really good quality of sleep, there is lots of science now to show us that six and a half hours if I have good quality sleep, is also ensuring that my quality of sleep, which is the human growth hormone is being released in its you know, entirety throughout the night, I'm getting adequate rapid eye movement sleep. Mm. Mm. And one of those factors about ensuring we have our rapid eye movement sleep is to make sure that we haven't eaten too late before we go to bed. Mm. Because if we eat too late before we go to bed, that really impacts our rapid eye movement sleep. Amazing. So, Julia, I just want to ask you as well, it's not just about the quality of sleep, it's about falling asleep. Hmm. A lot of people, they have a problem falling asleep. I'm one of those people, and I suffer from that. And I have, I tend to have, personally, a very bad habit because I have to wake up early in the morning, and I just, even if I'm, it might f if I'm feeling really tired, I can't fall asleep easily. So I rely on melatonin, for example, which is really bad to do that every single day of your life, right? So yeah. what are some tips that you can give me and people like me in falling asleep uh, much easily and much more fast and okay. in other without taking or having to resort to medication? So there's two things about melatonin. Melatonin really should only be taken as a short-term measure. Mm -hmm. If you're going um, traveling, for example, and there is a time zone that is going to be difficult to transition to. So melatonin should really only be used then. But even then, there are lots of different building blocks that you can use to produce your own natural melatonin rather than taking a synthetic hormone because that's ultimately what melatonin is. So it's an endocrine disruptor. And the other thing is that with the melatonin that we buy, um, most of the melatonin that is bought 
is actually a lot more than what it says on the packet. And there's lots and lots of research that is showing us that, say, the melatonin says 0.5 milligrams. Mm -hmm. Actually, it can have up to 88% more than what is actually in that tablet. Mm -hmm. So therefore, you are overdosing on the melatonin. Now, the longer you take the melatonin as a synthetic uh, sleep support, it's actually reducing your natural melatonin True. and making you more addictive or reliant on this natural melatonin. Mm -hmm. So we know that the amount of melatonin that we need in our bodies to sleep is anywhere between 10 and 80 micrograms. Most of the melatonins that we are taking are 0.5. 500 micrograms is what we're taking as a synthetic um, sleep supplement. So before we've even started, it is not helping. The other reason, the other thing we need to know about melatonin, what is its function? Mm -hmm. It's not to help with the quality of our sleep. It is just to help us fall asleep faster. But actually, there has to be a reason why you're not falling asleep in the given time. And it's much better, again, that we look at the building blocks. And those are things like much better supplements would be zinc, uh, magnesium, calcium. These are all converters of amino acids to tryptophan, which then boosts our serotonin. Mm -hmm. And then serotonin builds our, is the building block to, melato uh, to melatonin. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But what um, are some tips for me to fall asleep? Uh, like, for example, you mentioned about devices. You you let your devices go maybe, mm. I don't know, 30 minutes before you sleep. You kind of put away all your, you know, your phone or your devices or turn off your TV or something. What else can you advise in order for me to fall asleep? Because I know I, I went on YouTube and I looked um, through videos and, you know, one of the one of the videos said, for example, just as a, an advice and you know, try to close your eyes, don't think about anything. And then you have to sleep at a certain posture um, or something like that. Is that I mean, true? All of those elements are really helpful advice. But mm. first of all, you have to have a full plan and you have to plan have a plan that you can work with and recognize it will take time to adjust your sleeping it's a process it's not a light switch so all of those are really important but then you've got to look at your sleep hygiene yeah. or sleep health I much prefer sleep health than sleep hygiene but with that sleep health you've got to look at your environment um, is your bedroom cool enough if your environment is not cool enough then that is going to alter your cortisol which is going to trigger the brain into saying wake up wake up it's not time to sleep you have to look at your um the lighting in your bedroom the lighting has to be really it has to be cave dark now when i say cave dark that means that you can't see your hand in front of you wow. and if you can see your hand in front of you then you are not promoting the production of melatonin throughout the night. Mm. Now we know that melatonin is only produced at night. Mm -hmm. So if there's any light coming in, so it's our dark hormone, and if there's any light coming in, even if you wear a, an eye mask, if there's any light coming in, or for example, if you have a short sleeve pajamas, we've got, we've got time receptors on our skin and so the light is bouncing off our skin oh, wow. and relay, relaying to a part of the brain that is saying it's not quite night here so just going back to that part to the very beginning of your question 
and just letting us know how important it is to follow our circadian rhythm and light. So in the countries, and thank goodness we don't have it here, in the countries where we have daylight saving, and there's a big controversy with all the different countries at the minute, mm-hmm. but in the countries where they have daylight saving, in October, where the clocks went forward, about 90 countries, I think, the clocks went forward and we lost one hour's sleep. In those countries, there was an increase of strokes and heart attacks wow. by up to 24%. Wow. And then when the clocks go back and we gain an hour's sleep, there is a fall in strokes and heart attacks by 22%. And this happens, it's almost like a social experiment that happens twice a year. Now, why that happens in terms of strokes and heart attacks, and just to let us know about the importance of sleep on our overall health, cardiovascular, um, immune health. So we have a group of cells that sits just, well, it sits deep into our brain, but it monitors the amount of light that is coming in, be it natural or artificial, artificial being from our devices, or ordinary overhead lighting. Mm -hmm. Now this group of cells, it's a very fancy name and it's called the suprachiasmatic nuclei. And this group of cells is like our GMT, and it relays all the information, or it relays the information of what time it is to all the other clocks in our body. Now just, as a little mini quiz, how many clocks do you think we have in our body? We've got a master clock here, mm-hmm. suprachiasmatic nuclei, SCN. Mm-hmm. How many clocks do we have in our body? I'd say five. Three, I'm saying. Four. 37. Oh, oh wow. wow. <laughs> <laughs> well, that was embarrassing. <laughs> no, wow. I was speaking very recently at a conference in Ireland, and I met the first person ever who was able to answer it, and he is the most incredible doctor. Mm-hmm. But I, people just don't know this mm. information. Now, why the strokes and heart attacks was relevant with the time shift is because we have time clocks on every cell in our body, in our heart, in our lungs, in our skin. Mm-hmm. You know, the skin is the largest organ mm. in the body. That's true. So say if I'm working with a family, and you know, I will ask them, weather permitting, for the children to sit outside and have their meal at 5.30 because the light, the natural light is conveying to the brain, it's 5.30 p.m., not 5.30 a.m. So it keeps that biological clock on time. Now, us here on The Morning Majlis, um, and I can imagine like many other listeners out there, we have to wake up early and we've got to perform for our, 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 our work and have that memory. We were talking a little bit about, uh, off air about how the lack of sleep really affects your memory and your cognitive performance at work. I'd like to elaborate on that. Can you, can you talk a, a little bit more on how a lack of sleep can really affect your memory and your performance if you would ha- were to wake up for work? So when we go to sleep at night, there's a whole series of events happen. And it's almost like a flushing system. We've got two systems. We've got the glymphatic system and the lymphatic system. Everyone knows about the lymphatic system. But what few people know is the glymphatic system. And that's like a flushing out system within our brain. Now, basically, when we go to sleep at night, everything that we have experienced and learnt through the day It's all stored here in our short-term memory, so at the front of our brain. Now, when we go to sleep at night, all of that is transferred. It's almost like it's transferred onto a USB stick, for for those old enough to remember a USB stick, and it's transferred to our long-term memory. 
and it clears the brain out ready for the next day so that fog is gone and so we can we can it files things so that we can recall it when we need to so I was talking off air a little bit about the night before I had slept badly and I knew why and there were certain things I could not retrieve um, when I needed to Mm -hmm. now I slept very well last night and on my way here this morning I was able to go straight to that memory that I required Mm. so it, it clears your brain and it gives you access. So our cognitive function is in, is improved tenfold when we have a good quality sleep. There's also something which is, I'm such a nerd, but it is so exciting. Um, so we know that when we sleep, we sleep in sleep cycles. Mm-hmm. Now in one sleep cycle, we have four to five phases, depending on whose research you're looking at, current or a little bit older, older being 20 years. But we have stage one, stage two, stage three, and stage four. And the new research is kind of putting stage three and stage four together. And then we have that very important rapid eye movement sleep. Now, we know recently we've discovered that in stage two, we have what's called sleep spindles. So these are um, electrical currents and they're creating these sleep spindles. Now, sleep spindles are for a very specific memory mm. and they are about creating new memories. So say um, we are learning for a particular test or even the one where it's about coordination, you go to the gym and you're doing a new uh, activity in the gym. If you get adequate sleep, that activity that you have learned in the gym is going to be stored and retrieved. So every single part Mm -hmm. is going to be um, consolidated. Mm -hmm. Very well connected, isn't it? Uh, All things when it comes to um, our performance and and learning and even in living. And and, and as you pointed out, the very, very important element is breathing. Uh, The more important than sleep. And that's very, very important to know. Uh, Lastly, as we conclude, um, uh, your, your day job is founder and CEO of Nurture to Sleep. Talk to us about, you know, what the organization does and do you you, know, you also help infants fall, fall asleep and people to get used to a routine because teaching an infant to sleep and the right time to sleep is is a proper challenge it is a challenge yeah. but it's not if we put the building blocks in place right. and it is so much about consistency so yes my work is very much about educating parents but r- helping them to recognize as well sleep is not intuitive sleep is a learned behavior and if it was that easy why is one third of the world not sleeping? We also need to really emphasize the importance of sleep from a very young age. Mm-hmm. And when we put those habits, those good sleeping habits in place, they will take that into their adulthood. And we are talking a better future for them in terms of every single output possible. We have to get away from this idea that we, nothing happens during our sleep. Sleep is not a luxury. It's an absolute biological need. Well, what a way to conclude wow. uh, this, this interview. Well, thank you very much for joining, uh, joining us again, Julie, this morning. And uh, we look forward to hearing more from you. And of course, we'll practice what we've been taught uh, today so that we can practice what we, we can preach as well. So uh, thank you very much for joining You're us. You're most welcome. And thank you for having me. Thank, thank you so much. Thank, thank you. you. Morning Manchelis will return right after the, uh, the business news, of course. Uh, but so far, if you'd like to catch this discussion as a podcast, you can do so on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, as well as Spotify. Pulse 95.
95. The heart of Sharjah.